big, big, big announcement coming right up. He's talking news with views so his ratings don't dive. It's the moment you've waited for. Here comes Death Lax Live. The left really hates him and he's ready to fight. Put the jokes on them because so does the right. Here comes Death Lax Live. You can't top him. Don't try to stop him. Here comes Jeff Lacks Live. Pump up the sound. The man has been found. Here comes Jeff Lacks time to get to anything because we have enormous breaking news and i have with me my friend and someone i'm so proud of dove hyken what is the huge news well i just received a phone call uh you know the state controller tom dinapoli who's a very good friend of mine for many years uh i have been talking to him about the state uh divesting from uh unilever uh regarding the Ben and Jerry uh, divestment from Israel. You know, uh, Ben and Jerry's is boycotting Israel. Uh, New York should be boycotting uh, Ben and Jerry's and Unilever. And they were reviewing this and they were going through this. And uh, uh, literally a week ago, uh, the controller told me that uh, they had made a decision to divest, but the lawyers were still reviewing it. They wanted to make a uh, make sure that everything was done 100 uh, percent the way it should be done. And the great news is New York State will be removing $111 million wow. from Unilever because they are participating in the BDS uh, activity against the state of Israel, against the Jewish people. BDS equals anti-Semitism. And I am so proud of Tom DiNapoli for doing the right thing because we live in a time, Jeffrey, you know this, that, uh, you know, people, you know, they, they, they sort of put up their finger to see how the wind is blowing. Should I do this? Should I not? I know the, what the right thing is, but you know, politically, maybe this, maybe that. I'm sure some of the radical lefties, crazies of the Democratic Party are going to be yelling tomorrow. No question about it. But this is huge. I did not think that New York would join, uh, 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 Florida, Texas, Arizona, and others who are moving. This is serious. This is real. $111 million. And we're doing it in New York. And now we're going to wait to see what the governor does separately, totally separate, uh, with state agencies divesting from, uh, having anything to do with Unilever. But Tom DiNapoli, He's a star. He's a mensch. I always knew it. And I'm so, so proud that he is our controller. That is unbelievable. I know you have to go. I know you have people waiting for you there. And I really, I can't tell you how proud of you I am and all your work and to know you. I know this has been something you've been working on for so long and so hard. Thank you so much, though, for all your And I thank you again for what you're doing. We're a team. We need to work together. We need to make a difference during these difficult times. So thank you for what you do, Jeffrey. Thank you, Dove. Go do what you need to do, and thank you for coming on and announcing this on the show. It's amazing, amazing. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Take care.
unbelievable, just uh, an incredible, incredible, incredible development. I cannot give enough credit to Dove Hikind. I know how hard he's been working on this. I know how dear this is to him. Um, this is just a, a real turning point, I think, and I have so much to say about it, so much to talk about tonight. I wish I had three hours tonight to discuss all this, but thank you, Dove. First of all, thank you for everything that you do. I'm so proud to know you. Thank you for coming on to talk about it when I know you have a million people waiting to talk to you about this and related things. And we're going to talk more about this later tonight. Coming up right after the break, we have David Lippman on. Also, extremely important piece that he wrote about CNN's documentary on Jerusalem. Uh, and we'll do that when we come back right after this. Hi, I'm Zach Lax. My dad hosts this show from the brains behind the operation. Good news. If you want to be a radio star like me, we've got open lines. Give us a call at 646-926-4699. That's 646-926-4699. Tell them you know me. You'll get right on. We're back on 620 WSNR and streaming on TalkRNetwork.com. Our call line is always a 646-926-4699. That's 646 646- Nine two six four six nine. I mean, you could tweet the show at Jeff Lax Live at Jeff Lax Live, and we'll read comments on the air. And I want to welcome David Libin. David Libin is a research analyst at the Committee for Accuracy in Middle East Reporting and Analysis, better known as CAMERA. A lawyer by training, he spent five years in New York covering anti-Israel bias at the United Nations. He now works to combat the same bias and promote accuracy in the media and in education. David, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. What you're writing about, what you wrote about was a six, I believe it was a six part uh, documentary, although hard to call it a documentary, considering right. the bias. But tell us a little bit about, so there was a documentary done by CNN about Jerusalem, the history of Jerusalem, and a few things really stood out to you. So you were watching that, and what, what are you feeling as you're watching it? Ah, uh, very much frustration. Um, it's it's the entire series is a, a bit of a historical revisionism, and it's it's historical revisionism in a way that downplays and often erases Jewish history, entire Jewish populations, and presents a very distorted narrative of. The, the history of Jerusalem. So, okay, there were a few things that you talked about in your piece. I, I want to start with one of the last ones because those were some of the most disturbing as, as I was reading it and, and an excellent piece. And, you know, you say a couple of things in there and there's a couple of books out now that you talked about. People love dead Jews by Daryl Horn. I mean, and Jews don't count by David uh, Badiel. And you're talking about how those monikers kind of fit the bill. And you proposed a new phrase. CNN loves when dead Jews don't count. So tell me what made you say that and why you think it's so applicable and so important to phrase it that way. I think it's important to phrase it that way because I believe that's essentially what CNN is is doing here. They are pretending that dead Jews don't count, and these dead Jews are the Jewish populations that existed during the events that CNN largely passes over. So, for example, one of the more shocking 
uh, parts about the series is when they get to uh, the era of King Harad, and they spend, as I point out, something like 15 minutes talking about Cleopatra and Mark Antony, yeah. whose relevance is minimal, and they only spend two minutes on the Jewish rebellions, on the destruction of Jerusalem, and the, the scattering of the Jewish people that came from that. And this, you know, it's almost, uh, it's very much like the great man syndrome, um, where the, the Jewish population just wasn't very interested. So we need to make it about this foreign queen. And you see it again in, 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 in the later episodes, for example, when they get to the Crusader era, they, they write Jews completely out of the Middle East. And they have this line where they say, um, the Jews have been, uh, 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 I forget the exact wording, but they say the Jews now live in exile in Europe and Africa. Mm-hmm. Well, that's simply not true. The Jews were there in Jerusalem. They were there in the land of Israel. They were there throughout the Middle East. But CNN writes them out. Well, it sounds like they want to break the narrative of Jews being indigenous to Israel, which is, you know, the lie that is constantly told on CNN, which is basically that there's really no tie between that goes back to those years between the Jews and Israel. And that's part of the horrific, false narrative. You also say in the article that this concept of, of CNN, you know, loves when dead Jews don't count. You speak about, I think it was about the Six-Day War, where you say the, that how CNN basically phrased, I believe it was the commentator, <clears throat> excuse me, on CNN saying that Arabs were left vulnerable, that every time the Jews fought back, basically, the way CNN phrased it was, the Arabs were left vulnerable, which basically, I think you were saying, suggests that Jews shouldn't be allowed to fight back, right? Exactly. And it's how it comes across. I mean, the, the exact wording, and they're talking about the Jordanians here, the shelling is meant to target Jews in West Jerusalem, but it's the Palestinian Arabs living in the area that are left defenseless. And there's another quote further on down, um, but that was, the, that, that quote right there shows so much of this, of, of, of another angle of what the CNN series is doing and that it, 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 it's almost as if Jews don't count, and it, it inflates the sense of, of victimhood of the Arab population. Yeah, and that the the and, and here, as they're the way it comes across is they're victims because they failed to kill the Jews. Right, and you see it again when uh, you know later on they get to uh, James Zogby, known anti-Israel partisan. And he says, uh, he accuses Israel of ethnically cleansing the Jewish quarter. Never mind that just 19 years earlier, the Jewish quarter was ethnically cleansed of Jews. It was destroyed. The holy sites were desecrated. But it was only ethnic cleansing when the Jews reclaimed the Jewish quarter. And you also mentioned the almost million Jews who were, who were actually ethnically cleansed from all the Arab countries, which they don't mention either, right? Yes, yes, they don't mention them. And uh, that that's a, an interesting example, too, because they even managed to call Israeli Arabs refugees, <laughs> which even even UNRWA would not count them yeah. as refugees. That's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's, it's another example of inflating Arab victimhood, where you're adding people who are never displaced and calling them refugees, but the close to a million Jews 
are 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 irrelevant. And you mentioned the article. I, I think one of the more disturbing quotes was was from someone named Huda Imam, a commentator on the six part series, who stated, and this is just quoting from your piece, the whole of Palestine continues to be eaten up like a cancerous disease, deleting, erasing, arresting, demolishing, and the world is silent again. So this seemed to be the core of, I think, what ate at you. It sounded like to me when I read your piece. So tell me about what Imam said, and I'm especially interested because you wrote in your article that camera, uh, maybe it was you directly, got in touch with CNN about this. So tell me about that. Yes, yes. We, well, we got in touch with CNN about this and a lot of the other um, factual errors. Uh, camera, we're focused on promoting uh, factual reporting. And this series, in addition to the specific problematic line, highly problematic line, we got in touch with them about the other factual errors. What makes it shocking that it's been nearly, well, actually not nearly, it's been over a month since we first contacted CNN about this, including about that line you just quoted. And they have not taken action. And this quote is, it's 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 obscene. It is blatant anti-Semitism when you're referring to the Jewish state as a disease. You now, Jewish people are all too familiar with being compared to diseases, to pests. Yeah. Whether it was in you know the Black Death or the Nazis or you know the, the Ayatollah. And he's clear about what you do with cancerous disease. You cut it away. Mm-hmm. It's calling for the end of Israel, the Jewish state. Yeah. And. It's 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 beyond shocking that CNN would allow this to air on its network without a response, without uh, some way of qualifying that this is not an acceptable statement. This is not normal. So they, they don't allow anyone to push back. Yeah, and it's normalizing anti-Semitism all with a nice little CNN logo at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, no, no question. It's it's a modern day. It's literally a blood libel. I mean, that's when you say it's a cancerous disease against the Arab people. That is literally a modern day blood libel. So you have not heard a word back from CNN. Is that is that correct? They they have not even responded in any way to you, to camera. Uh, of course they you know they acknowledged the receipt of our original email. I followed up uh, maybe a couple weeks ago and asked when we might expect a response, and they said they don't have a timeline. Um, but that's that's all we've heard. Okay. Well, they okay. I, you know, so let me let me take a broader view here, because obviously I, I think you and I both know it's not just CNN pushing this narrative. I think the New York Times pushes a very similar narrative, and I've seen that. I, listen, I am one person. I don't know if you've heard my show before. I hate making anti-Semitism political because I don't believe it's political. I've seen, listen, I am the grandchild of Holocaust survivors and many who were a great-grandchild of many murdered. All eight of my great-grandparents murdered in the Holocaust. So I am the last person on earth to even remotely not stand up to right-wing anti-Semitism and and white nationalism and all that horrific stuff. But i got to be honest, you know, as someone who grew up horrified hearing from my grandparents about what happened in the Holocaust, today I find myself more scared of the far left not because it's worse, but because it's more pervasive. Are you seeing that? And again, I hate this question. It is anathema to me. But I, ha- I also have to be honest where the danger is coming from. And I don't see this on Fox News. And I have some issues with Fox News, but not this. I see this on CNN. I see this in the New York Times. 
why is this becoming something the left is grabbing onto? And why is this narrative something that is becoming so, you know, only on the left? Or do you not see it that way? I, well, you know, first of all, camera's nonpartisan. Um, so, you know, any, any comments about this would be my personal perspective. Um, in terms of the anti-Semitism that you see being more normalized and legitimized in the media, I think a lot of it does tend to have a comes from a certain perspective that you would associate with left. There's very much this uh, a lot of um, you know rhetoric labeling Israel as colonial and, and efforts to kind of shift the 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 discourse about the the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and apply a very American understanding an American perspective of race relations. And you see this in the CNN series when at the end they kind of throw in very, uh, it, it doesn't even make much sense, but they, they, they try to create this parallel to the Black Lives Matter cause. Right. And whatever your thoughts on the Black Lives Matter cause, that's a very different issue. And it's, it's it's an attempt by CNN, you know, they, they show as, you know, very around the same time that Huda Ma makes that statement, they, you know, show images of protesters holding Palestinian Lives Matter posters. And they have another commentator say something like, you know, one people shouldn't be privileged above another. It, it's a very gross simplification, a very false analogy. Yeah. And it's, it's promoting, it's promoting a dangerous kind of, of anti-Semitism, in my opinion, that is equating Jews in the Jewish state with the most significant evil in contemporary society, which is racism. Yeah. And it's a very false narrative. Right. And, Excuse me. I was going to say, uh, you know, I respect, I totally respect that this, the nonprofit status of camera and that you're a 501c3, but I don't have that restriction on me. So, I, so I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm just going to take the next step. And, and that is that, that when you equate it to Black Lives Matter, and like you said, there is no connection between that conflict in the Middle East and Black Lives Matter. Um, and, and I'm horrified for some of the police incidents that black people have to deal with. I, I, I genuinely am. Um, so the connection is, is ludicrous. That is a, I'm just going to say it. I mean, that's a political, how I see it is that is a clearly political strategy trying to tie these things together. And it horrifies me. It truly horrifies me. And I, I think it's very hard, frankly, to do what you do. And I love what camera does. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of camera, been following you guys for a long time. I think you do amazing work, but I think it's harder today than ever when you have to be so careful about not talking about the politicization of this, because clearly, and, and again, I want to be clear, I, I think Marjorie Taylor Greene is anti-Semitic. I had a lot of problems. I thought Stephen King was anti-immigrant and, and probably anti-Semitic, too. Um, so I've called it out on the right, but I just don't see it as pervasive, and I'm not going to push you on it. Certainly, it's the last thing I want to do. But let me let me instead ask you a broader question. So... Knowing that camera is is dedicated to the truth about what is going on in the Middle East, how is camera combating 
the the general false narrative right now. What are you guys doing currently to try to change the narrative to a more accurate telling? Right. Well, you know, part one of that is doing what camera has always done, which is to ask for corrections, to to contact these media outlets when they promote uh, or when they include uh, false statements or false claims in their articles. And it's something we've, you know, camera has done forever and it's something we'll continue to do. Um, you know, we just posted, uh, for example, on Twitter, um, our monthly corrections. And I think we had something like, I don't know, 15 or 16, somewhere around there, corrections in the last month. Um, and that's important because, uh, as, as it's been put before, you know, oftentimes with these issues, it's, it's a war of a million cuts. It's the little things that add up over time. And you have to push back on those little things, those little lies and articles. Yeah. And, and make sure you promote a, a better understanding for the public. You promote honesty in reporting. Um, the other things that camera has been doing, you know, we have camera on campus and we're working to promote, uh, more, a more factual discussion of these issues on campuses too. And that's increasingly important. Uh, as I think pretty much everyone would acknowledge these days. There's there's very much uh, a certain discourse you find on campuses these days that's not based on fact, uh, especially when it comes to certain campus activism that, you know, for example, accuses Israel of, of genocide or apartheid when no reasonable objective observer, of course, armed with the actual facts, would would buy that as a reasonable description yeah um and and you have to provide students with the tools with the facts to be able to to spread a a more reasonable discussion a more factual based discussion no question that's how uh just to let you know that's how i got involved in all this i'm a professor at cuny and i would say there's no place worse right now than cuny the cuny faculty excuse me the cuny faculty union recently passed a resolution that led over 230 Jewish members of the union to resign. They called Israel an apartheid nation. They called Israel uh, uh, committing, they said they're committing ethnic genocide. They said that Israel um, is massacring Palestinians. They bemoaned the death of innocent Palestinian civilians, which is true. They are victims. I totally agree but said nothing, not one word, of the fact that it was days earlier that Hamas fired thousands of rockets at innocent Jewish civilians, killing a bunch, and including two babies, said nothing about that. Um, just the most horrific and most extremely one-sided resolution I personally have ever seen in this country against Israel. So we're seeing it firsthand, and we certainly appreciate the work that Camera does to combat that, and Hopefully we could work together because I can't I can't tell you the the battle that we're involved with at the City University of New York it's it's beyond beyond horrific um, so we we thank you for that work let me ask you David just to um, sum all of this up so you talked about you know how you work to combat all of this you talked about you know how you get in touch and I think it's kind of a breaking 
uh, broken windows approach that I think Giuliani took on when he was mayor of New York City, which is you're going for every little thing to make sure that nobody gets away with it so they don't think they can get away with bigger things, which I really love. I really appreciate that. But do you think that... I don't know how to ask this in a non-political way. I'm going to try my best to do this, okay? But I, I, I apologize. I can tell you're smart enough to get out of it anyway. But my, prob- <laughs> my problem is this. It's not just the media. My problem is it's the media. It's the college campuses. Right now it's government, too. I, I see it in government. I see it um, in the teachers' unions, as, as I've said. And, you know, quite frankly, I feel like, I hate to say this, but I feel like the side that is pushing this narrative is literally trying to scare people to take a different approach. And I gotta be honest, even though what you guys do is amazing, I think there's a bigger problem. And that is that people who know that it's not true and people who are on our side on this issue, that, that the truth, frankly, it's crazy that we have to say we're on the side of the truth, but that's the fact right now. I think they, I think, I know personally, let me be more blunt about this. I know personally many people who agree that these are all lies and the narrative is dangerous and will probably lead to more Jewish death, but it's not the popular thing to say. How do we change that? How do we get people not to be scared? I think it has to begin with daily interactions. Again, you can't pass up the small opportunities. And it is, it's a very, it's a very difficult big challenge. You know, you can call it postmodernism, post-truth, whatever terms people want to use for it these days where, uh, and, and I agree, there's definitely this, um, there's definitely a, a segment in politics these days, um, in a society that doesn't value facts. They don't value uh, promoting a um, honest discourse. And what the ultimate big solution is, I do not know. I have no magic bullet. But I think, again, it's a war of a million cuts. In your yeah. everyday interactions, you yeah. keep promoting the facts. You keep promoting the truth. And that's that's all we can do. Yeah, and, Cam- and yeah, camera does do that, and and I really do. Listen again, camera is one of my favorite organizations. I appreciate all your work. Please tell people how they can find camera and how they can donate. Oh, wonderful! You can find us at camera.org, C-A-M-E-R-A dot O-R-G, and if you go there, there is a little button on the right side of the web page, donate, um, and you can also go to our website, and if you find something in the news that you you know is inaccurate, that's something you can also send to us. We we take tips and in fact that's where we get the that's where we find a lot of the mistakes in articles is from tips from supporters. And you have an anonymous tip section? Yes. Yes, you can be anonymous. That because that's kind of what I was saying, right? That people are scared to now put their name to some of the bad stuff they, they believe is going on. David Littman, I I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on. I I really, you know, it's horrifying, but it's so important. And I think the more we talk about this openly, maybe people will be less scared going forward. And we'll start to do those little cuts that you've been talking about uh, throughout this conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Hi, I'm Zach Lax. My dad hosts this show, but I'm the brains behind the operation. Good news. If you want to be a radio star like me, we've got open lines. Give us a call at 646-926-4699. That's 646-926-4699. Tell them you know me. You'll get right on. Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network. The voice of the Jewish community. Hi, I'm Al Clax, the talented one in the family. I'm nine, I'm already on the radio. When my dad was nine, he was breaking windows, causing trouble, and getting into all sorts of trouble with my Bobby. That's very true. Unfortunately, it is. Don't be like my dad. Be famous, like me. We've got open lines. Give us a call at 646-926-4699. That's 646-926-4699. Okay, we are back on Jeff Black's Live, 6.20 a.m. WSNR and streaming on TalkLineNetwork.com. And I have with me my dad. Hello. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> so isn't that something? A big night for New York, right? Surprising? It's very surprising, yeah. Uh, listen, there, I, I, I am reluctant to say it, but there are actually uh, some... Uh, normal Democrats still in in power, not too many, but some. So I give a lot of credit to Thomas DiNapoli. That's he's definitely going to take a lot of grief for this, right? No question about it. So, nothing is going to happen. His uh, people are going to scream and and yell and uh, nothing. What if, if you're a Democrat in New York, uh, you have very uh, slim chance of getting thrown out of office. But what what's going to happen now? Because this is really just part of the story. The the governor is going to have to do something now. I mean, she's going to have to take a position. She's been avoiding this issue, not doing anything. But now, doesn't she kind of have to take a side? Uh, I guess if uh, if she's going to be asked about it, if she doesn't just ignore it and like it never happened, uh, I guess she has to. When she appears in front of the news media, somebody has to ask her about it, or else if doesn't get asked, she can just go around uh, ignoring it. But not just uh, answer about it. I think what Dove was explaining, and I don't understand this totally 100%, but this um, is exclusive to the controllers, you know, what he controls. She's in, she's still in charge of all the state agencies, so she's going to have a choice to make, too, whether the state agencies will divest from Unilever. She's going to have to decide. Well, I mean, which way do you think she's going to go before the I mean, that's that's a different story. I mean, the controllers, uh, he controls all the pension funds, all the uh, states' uh, public service unions, all the pensions, hundreds of billions of dollars in pension funds. Uh, he controls it. I don't know exactly what uh, the governor is going to do about it. It's going to be really interesting, but she she really can no longer sit on the sidelines. She's going to have to take a position. And quite frankly, anybody who wants to run for that position is going to have to take a position too on what the state agencies are going to do. So it'll be interesting to see what what do you think Letitia James will do? I mean, that will be really interesting. What do you think she'll say about well, this? Supposedly, especially from uh, your last interview with. Uh, with Alga Miner, with the editor of Alga Miner, apparently they think that uh, Letitia James 
has a lot of influence uh, in the Jewish community. So we'll see. I take it from the sarcasm you didn't think she belonged in the top 100. No, I don't. But maybe now she'll do something to deserve it, actually. That would be interesting. The the, the problem is that uh, the current governor is pretty much on the left, and I think Leticia James is to the left of her. I think as far as uh, ideology, uh, Leticia James is really far out on the left. Well, now that... Sorry, go ahead. I, I don't, plain and simple, I don't. Uh, I don't give too much credence uh, with anybody on the left. Uh, they are, they all toe the party line. I mean, uh, look at what ha- what's happening uh, nationally. Uh, Joe Biden's uh, approval rating keeps going down, and all he does is go. He goes about his merry way. Now, did you hear the latest today? With that he wants to give four hundred fifty thousand dollars to illegal aliens for their for their suffering. Is that serious? I thought that was an onion piece or something. That was real news. No, the, the, you you would think it's it's the it's the Babylon Bee or an onion piece, but it is. I really serious. thought that. Yeah. I saw it in passing. That's a serious thing. He wants to give. So then I should uh, renounce my citizenship, come back illegally, and I can make four hundred fifty k. Yeah, exactly. That's that is insane. I have to look into that. I did not read about it is, that. It is. Listen, both uh, both uh, Tucker Carlson and uh, Sean Hannity mentioned it tonight. So, and they said it seriously. Wow, I didn't. I've, I've been busy with all this other stuff. Holy cow! I have to look. I have to look into that. So, what do you think? I'm very curious what you think about this. Do you, now that New York has taken this position, Denapoli at least has, from his side of things. What do you think AOC and Schumer will speak out about this? AOC may speak out about it, and she's going to be against it. Schumer is going to put his head in the sand like he usually does and just uh, pretend that he knows nothing about it. He's certainly not going to have a a Sunday morning news conference uh, applauding Tom DiNapoli's directive. Yeah, and what about Eric Adams? Well, that's uh, that's a that's a different story. It's uh, it's it's a question of whether he is forced to make a statement before next Tuesday or not. I think if he's pushed on it, he's going to he's going to support it. Hmm. But after next Tuesday, I'm not so sure. I wish the debate was tonight. You know, Slee was going to support it. You know, Lee Zeldin is going to support it. The big question is Hochul and Tisha James and even Eric Adams. I'm not sure what position he's going to take. It's really interesting, and I'm really interested to see if AOC speaks out and, and Schumer says anything about this. I mean, now that New York's involved, they really there's very little uh, excuse not to say something. And then the next step is now CUNY, if they're doing it to you. And by the way, it's it's not just Ben and Jerry's, it's Unilever. So you're talking about, I have to look this up, I don't have it in front of me, a dove. Heiken had tweeted, uh, it's many, many, many millions of dollars at, st- at stake here. Um, he said $110 million. Yeah. I, don't, I, think, I don't know if that's Unilever or, or Ben & Jerry's. I mean, Unilever has many uh, businesses under its umbrella. I'm not exactly familiar with their portfolio. Well, they're one of the biggest conglomerates in the world, though, right? Aren't they? Yeah. Yes, they are. All right. got to run a commercial. Love you, Dad. Okay, I love you too.
Good okay, night. good luck. Bye, thanks. Okay. Great show, bye. Thank you. Well, you know, he's my biggest fan. All right, we'll be right back after this. Hi, I'm Alex Lax, the talented one in the family. I'm nine, I'm already on the radio. When my dad was nine, he was breaking windows, causing trouble, and getting into all sorts of trouble with my Bobby. That's very true. Unfortunately, it is. Don't be like my dad. Be famous, like me. We've got open lines. Give us a call at 646-926-4699. That's 646-926-4699. Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network. The voice of the Jewish community. Okay, we're back live on 620 AM WSNR and streaming, as always, on TalkLineNetwork.com on the legendary. Sorry, you know, I haven't been saying that as much lately. I used to do it every single time. So let me rephrase that. On the legendary Zev Brenner TalkLineNetwork.com. Our call line is 646-926-4699. We have a couple of minutes, so we're happy to take a call on the huge news of the evening if you want to chime in. So again, it's 646-926-4699. 646-926-4699. If you're not following us on Twitter yet, what are you waiting for? We're at Jeff Lax Live. Can't be easy enough to find in that. Jeff at Jeff Lax Live. Simple, easy. Go on the air. Go on, sorry. Go on Twitter. And follow us and uh, keep up to date. Get the link to the direct stream so you can always listen in on time and get all these breaking stories and great news and terrific interviews. What a wonderful job by David Littman. Um, and, of course, uh, just an absolutely heroic job by both Thomas DiNapoli, who's going to take a lot of grief for this. I mean, let's be honest. And he knows. He knows. You do something like this, you know what's coming. You know that the left is going to come after you, the progressive left, I should say. Not the Sam Ladder Democratic Majority for Israel left. Not that left. We like that left. We're not political about this. But there are certain political realities, and if you don't recognize them, then you're not addressing the anti-Semitism. So we have to toy that, uh, toe, sorry, toe that line. Uh, and that's why I love Democratic Majority for Israel so much. And what Sam Ladder, who's, who's been a friend of the show and did a wonderful video for us on Twitter, love what they're doing. It's so important because we have to unpoliticize this. We cannot allow, and I think Sam is very aware of this, what happened in Europe, in the UK with the Labour Party to happen here. We can't let it happen. And I think you're starting to see things here now that are great in terms of actually taking action to prevent that kind of stuff from happening here. And it's very important. And the work David Littman does at camera and the whole entire organization there at camera is just so phenomenal. And he's right. It's a million little cuts. It's the broken windows Giuliani approach in New York uh, from 20 years ago. Um, we need to address it at every step, every level. And I think Jews, I said this a few months ago, because I sensed it then, and I'm sensing it more and more every day and week and month that goes by, Jewish people are starting to wake up to what's going on here. They are. They're starting to understand where that line is, Where because it's a very fine line between criticism of a state and blatant anti-Semitism. And when you're an anti-Zionist, and I've, I've written about this, and I, I need to write more about it, that's a fine line too, because you can criticize policy of a government. We always admit that and say that and openly support that on the show, including America, including Israel, including any country. But there is a fine line. And if you follow the IRA definition, the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance definition, 
of anti-Semitism. That really is a, such a great definition and is accepted by the State Department and internationally. It is not accepted by the far progressive left. I wonder why. Because it's accurate. It talks about singling out Jews and Israel in a way that no one else is. That is anti-Semitic. And people are, un- are starting to understand, especially Jewish people, are starting to understand where that line is. It took a long time because it's not so simple to understand exactly where that line is. But people are starting to get it. The line is becoming more and more clear every day. And when Thomas DiNapoli and a lifelong Democrat, Dove Heikend, stand up and show you where that line is and say, look, here it is, here's that line, they teach people how to find it more and more easily every day that goes by. And I think we found the line. Very few people always knew where it was. Now, more and more every day, Jews are starting to understand. The Jewish people are starting to understand they're being targeted by this. That it's code. That they're allowed to stand up for their rights. There are still a lot of scared people out there. A lot of scared Jewish people out there. I urge you, don't be. That's how you lose. That's how you lose. That's how you get to the worst situation. you got to stand up early. You gotta step up loudly. You gotta stand for the truth, like David Lippman and Dove Heikind. And let me add tonight, Thomas DiNapoli, a heroic job. These are heroic people standing out when it's not popular to stand up. Taking a stance when you're gonna get hit back very hard. It's gonna be very interesting to see the next few days what AOC says, what Chucky Schumer says. I have, listen, I hope he does the right thing. I really do. I've been on him a lot lately. I hope he finally comes around. What Lee Zeldin says, he's always been a supporter of Israel. Let's see what he says now. I'm optimistic about that, certainly. Eric Adams is a big one. Tough call for him. He's got to, he's got to really toe that line. Letitia James, Eric Adams, and Kathy Hochul, where are they going to fall on this? That will be fascinating. Where does Hochul want to fall on this? If you want to do the right thing, Governor Hochul, you got to now enforce the BDS executive order, which you have still not done. Follow DiNapoli's lead, not just for Unilever, but also for CUNY. It's time. Where are you going to fall on this? On the right side of history, Governor Hochul, or the wrong side? This is your chance. You get one chance, and it's right now. Do the right thing. Please, where is Eric Adams going to fall? You get one chance to be on the right side of history. One chance. doesn't come up again. Where is Letitia James and the J100 going to stand on this? She hasn't said anything till now. She should have. She now has a brand new opportunity to take a stance on this before she announces officially. I don't know if she announced officially she's running for governor. Either way, it's time to take a stance. Take a stance. Where are you in history on this? The line could not be more clear. What Ben and Jerry's did, what CUNY's faculty union is doing, is discrimination based on nationality and religious belief. Zionism is not a religion. It does not need to be. It is a religious belief for many Jews. It is. Legally, factually, and historically. The Torah is universally accepted as a religious document. That's where the connection comes from between Israel and the Jews. So it is a religious belief, not for all, but for many Jews. And that's important to understand. That's a new line, again, that is finally starting to be understood. 
and I think we're making progress. I'm, I'm so proud to be involved in sharing this news tonight. Thank you so much, Dove Hyken. Thank you so much, Dave, David Lipman. Thank you, Thomas Napoli. We'll see you next week.